Happy Friday, theater lovers! This week's guest is Sarah Joy. We chat about her love of learning, how music has inspired global travel, how music educators were impacted by the pandemic, and much more. One of my favorite things about doing this show is listening to people nerd out about things they are passionate about, and this episode is a prime example. Sarah's multifaceted passion for music and its influences will make you want to nerd out too. On with the show. So, welcome, Sarah Joy, to Sarnia Famous. Yay! (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time with me today. We have never actually even met in real life. So, uh, hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. (laughs) Uh, And uh, we've never obviously worked together since we haven't met, but uh, your name was brought forward as someone that I should invite onto the show. So, yeah. So, okay, I have something fun that we can start off with. I like fun. For my birthday, I mean, Sarnia Famous's birthday, mm-hmm. Brent Wilkinson gave me this little game. If you can okay. See that. It's called Which One? Right. And it's like, uh, which would you rather kind of thing. So okay. then essentially I'm going to give you two options and you have to choose one of them, which one you would prefer, and then tell me why. Okay. So, and then I need you to choose red or blue. Blue. Okay, okay, okay. And I have to tell you why? Yes. So. Um, okay. With, no, not why you chose blue, but the, I'll give you the two options. Okay. 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 Here we go. Which one would you rather eat a tarantula or have an extra nose? Uh, This is horrible. (laughs) I think I'm going to have to go with tarantula, hoping Mm. that it's dead and like prepared in some way, like a delicacy somewhere, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's the first thing I thought of, too, is like, you know, if it's baked into something or, you know, a little garlic, some salt and pepper, maybe, as opposed to the the extra nose. When I had Max on, Max Major on the show, Mm. his options were have a giant hamster the size of a house or never watch TV again. Oh, and I was like, okay, no TV. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I, what the heck am I going to do with a giant house-sized hamster? Whereas for him, he was like, no, TV and I are bros. I can't. Yeah. I guess he could. I mean, I could just go see stage shows for the rest of my life. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Getting my entertainment in a different way. <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm saying. Not, I'm not down with a giant hamster. <laughs> So anyway, that was Which One, brought to you by Brent Wilkinson. Thank oh, thanks, you, Brent. Brent. So now I have this fancy spreadsheet that Andrea Hughes-Coleman gave me that has all of this information on people who have participated in shows at the Imperial. Oh, and wow. there's only one entry for your name in there, so I'm wondering if... Yeah, and I'm thinking, like, that can't be right. <laughs> No, that is definitely not right. Yeah, so I'm wondering, like, it's probably, honestly, it's probably the operator because I know it is not Andrea's spreadsheet. But yeah, all all that I found was Spamalot Ensemble 2015. But I'm guessing... I wasn't even in the the ensemble. What? (laughs) 
You were, what was, what did you do? I was in the pit band. I was playing. Uh, yeah, I saw you have a, a master in, in music, ed- was it music education? I do, yeah. So when I was like, what is going on here? Okay, so <laughs> I wonder, I'm telling you, and I'm sure Andrea will listen to this and just be like, why did I give my spreadsheet to this woman? <laughs> so since I don't have my special spreadsheet ch- trick, why don't you walk me through your experience with theater type stuff? Musically. Okay. Well, <laughs> my first memory of, of musical that. theater in Sarnia was actually when I was three years old. And my mom took me to see Blue Water Musical Productions uh, show. They were doing Peter Pan. And I was like mesmerized by this show, thinking that I saw real people in front of me flying on stage. So I would be able to do the same thing. Which was not the case, but then you had a, a toddler throwing herself um, down full flights of stairs and <laughs> railings and stuff. Um, luckily, I survived. Uh, yeah, and so my my parents would take me to all of the Blue Water musical production shows. And then a little while later, I uh, they took me to see uh, Carrie Beauchamp's like, summer show they were doing. It was like The Trial of the Big Bad Wolf. And I was like, what is this? This is amazing. I was so excited. And so then the next summer, they had enrolled me in the theater camp. I ended up doing her theater camp for five years as a camper. And then I was a counselor for a long time. And I did Nightingale Chorus for eight years. Yeah. And then I started, I didn't do a lot of theater Sarnia stuff until later on. I ended up coming, oh, I guess I played in the pit for Into the Woods uh, during my, like my undergrad. And then after I graduated from that program, I ended up taking a year off and I had met up with uh, John LeVere at Northern. I had seen his production of 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. It was his first show with Diversion Entertainment. Like, this is amazing. Oh my goodness. And I was really enjoying conducting and and doing that kind of a thing with my music degree. And so I reached out randomly. He had never heard of me. He taught my youngest sister in uh, at Northern. But uh, I said, hey, here's my deal. Here's my resume. I've never music directed a show, but I see that you're doing Rent. Do you need a music director? And if so, can I apply? And so he reached out and was like, why don't you come by on your, uh, I don't know, reading week maybe it was. And, and we'll chat. And so I, I went to Northern. We bonded over the fact that both of us went to Laurier for our undergrads. And by the end of it, he's like, yeah, okay, you can, you can be the music director. And I'm like, oh, great. So that was my first show. And we did that at the library. And a couple people from, well, I, I think a few people from like Theater Sarnia came to see that show. And then since I was going to be around for that year, sort of between... Um, my undergrad in teacher's college. They asked me if I would music direct, I love you, you're perfect, now change. So I got to do that at the uh, with Theater Sarnia. That was my first Theater Sarnia show. And during that year, I did a couple of um, smaller shows with John, and we did this wacky little thing called Title of Show, which was just four people and me on stage. It was It's a very quirky show. It's really fun. If you haven't heard of it, definitely check it out. Yeah, and so then John and I kept on scheming about different shows that we could possibly do. And because he was doing summer theater, I was able to, you know, do that while also doing my teacher's college. And so we did uh, Avenue Q and Wedding Singer, Next to Normal. 
And I think that those were all the summer shows. And yeah, so I, I just have been sort of back and forth between Sarnia and various educational institutions. <laughs> um, and while I'm here, I'm always trying to do things as much as I can. Uh, I, I had, um, wow, this is a little sort of a weird mind map, but I'm going to just take you on a journey. <laughs> Please, I'm here for it. Let's go. Yeah, yeah so uh, I did um, Teachers College in London and worked on a couple shows there. Ended up working in Oakville for a year at the school I'm currently at, actually. And that first contract was just for a one-year type thing, and uh, I was covering for a maternity leave. And so when that teacher came back, I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll go back to Sarnia. And so I came back to Sarnia, and that's when I started. I did Catch Me If You Can with Theatre Sarnia, and I was in the ensemble for that. I music directed uh, The Music Man and Forever Plaid. And oh, my gosh. Oh, goodness. I am assistant music directed or co-music directed, I guess, Mary Poppins with Frank Brennan, okay. who was amazing. Um, <laughs> and played in the pit for Spam a lot. I remember that. And then I did I did Altar Boys and 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. And I think that might be it. But oh, I that's it? That's all? It's <laughs> quite the list. It was one of those things where in two years, I think I did something like 10 shows like I was involved in some way or another with a whole bunch of different things and while also you know trying to get a full-time teaching job and uh, and then when one came up at the school that I had previously taught at I jumped at it and and I took it but I was really sad to leave the theater community here behind for sure and it's definitely something I still miss I, I do some theater just with my students at the school. So we're doing Mamma Mia this year. And pre-pandemic, we did like Legally Blonde and Les Mis and, and things like that. So I've been able to check some big uh, shows on my bucket list off. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I think that Sarnia has such an amazing community. I was trying to write them down as you went. I don't know if you could see my arm like feverishly. <laughs> um yeah, and I like I'm. This is so funny that uh, you of all people, as you're giving me this extensive list of shows that you're involved in, that I can't figure out the spreadsheet to like. <laughs> that that's to me that's kind of funny. Like, um, <laughs> um, and I have to say your memory is fantastic. Like I have no strong memories like that from when I was little. Like that's beautiful that you remember that experience with mom. Yeah. at three years old like wow that's one memory that's <laughs> pretty that good it's pretty yeah. good um so so obviously the arts were important in your house mm-hmm. when you were growing up absolutely yes yeah so tell tell me more about that like how what other ways was it incorporated at home yeah so other than yeah the theater going we uh, i have two younger sisters and so my mom it was like a, a rule that we all had to do piano lessons and and get at least our like grade eight RCM level, and I just loved it so much. And I ended up doing up until I did my grade ten. <clears throat> I never got to the ARCT, but that's fine. Um, and uh, and then I also started in with like the school band when I was in grade five, and so picked up the clarinet that way started singing lessons when I was with Carrie Beauchamp when I was I think 13 
And then in high school, got involved in every music type thing I could possibly do. And I knew pretty much, I knew by the time I was 10, I wanted to be a teacher. And I knew for sure that I wanted to teach music by the time I was in grade nine. And so it was like, I was in the jazz band and the concert band and the choir and the music council and um, continued to do all like the, the community stuff as well. And yeah, it was, it was a, a really good time. I really, really liked it. And um, Tim Hummel was my principal at Northern and he ran the senior jazz band um, as well. And so I just remember him coming to my classroom like I was in grade 10, I think, and he knocked on the door and he's like, Sarah, I have to talk to you. And he, he asked me if I wanted to be in senior jazz band. I'm like, oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> and so then I got to learn the, the saxophone that way. And oh my God. Um, I just, I love learning. Uh, yeah, I guess like my whole, my whole life could be summed up with just, I'm a huge nerd and can't stop going back to school. And now I'm back um, doing another degree. <laughs> Just because I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess. <laughs> What's the new degree that you're going for? I'm doing my PhD in music education at U of T. Okay, good for you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, you're speaking my language. I love school. And I often go back and take classes and then I get to that point like three quarters of the way through that I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? This is so much. And then I finish. And then a week goes by and I'm like, what can I take next? I love to learn. My husband's yeah. over there going, oh, yeah, not this again. <laughs> so I, Yeah, my, my family, my partner can definitely relate to that reaction. Because yeah. I'm always scheming about what I can do. <laughs> That's good for our brains, though. Absolutely. So with, uh, did you say it was two younger sisters? Yes. So was there yeah. any kind of like competition with your, your piano, your mandatory piano lessons and like learning who could learn quicker or anything like that? I don't actually remember any kind of competition because we were all sort of doing our own thing. And my piano teacher, uh, she's still teaching, I think, Jane Levesque. She, she would give us some of the same pieces. So here, but like, often not even doing the same things as each other, which was nice. And it was sort of, we were sort of spread out because we're spread out by age by two years each. So there's enough time sort of in between. And, um, and my, my sisters both joined band as well. And my, my middle one, I, I always tease her about it because she would um, make fun of me because I went to band camp. I love band camp. Uh, and I was the first one to go to band camp because I'm two years older than her. Uh, we went to internet, uh, the IMC, it's Interprovincial Music Camp up near Perry Sound. And Reba, the middle sister, would be like, oh, can't believe you're doing that. That's so lame. And then you <laughs> get to grade nine and look who comes to yeah. band camp. And uh, her and I both went as campers and then we worked there as like camp counselors afterwards so it's a good place (laughs) so what was it about i've never been to any kind of a camp like that um be it musical or otherwise what was it about band camp that just lured you in and kept you there there's music everywhere all the time and even like because we would have there's four different ensembles. There's a concert band, symphonic band, concert orchestra, symphonic orchestra, um, all different levels. And so you would have your, like a two hour rehearsal every day. 
and then you'd have a two-hour section also I'm a clarinetist so I'd be with the clarinetist in my my group with a like a faculty member and so then you would do that but then there was also like small ensembles you could join uh, which I did um, and then even during like free time people would I remember like French horn players out on the dock just playing over the water oh and it was so wonderful and then every night we'd have a faculty concert so we would pile into this old barn and the faculty who are professional musicians that actively are performing in orchestras and stuff like that they would perform for us and I just loved it so much wow that sounds dreamy <laughs> it is everyone should go <laughs> yeah yeah I'm feeling like I need to sign up and try to figure it out like I'm not a child and I'm not a musician but hey there's got to be a way I can ingratiate myself into that experience <laughs> so with all this music all the time has there ever like do you ever get burnt out on it where you're like ah I need a break from music enough of this nonsense it never never like that I've I've been burnt out a couple of times and it's often when I do too much and I injure myself so oh. I've I've lost feeling in my hands a couple of times oh, and wow. the second last time was when I was doing Music Man and Forever Plaid at the same time. And it was after that, the two years where I did like 10 shows or something stupid. Um, <laughs> and I was playing all the time. I had my own, my own uh, studio. So I was also playing wow. for my private students and then taking um, additional qualifications courses. So I was typing a lot and yeah. So my hands uh, rejected that and uh, and that was when I was like okay I think I need to sort of take a step back but even when that happens I find that then I'm listening to more stuff and trying to find new music to listen to and oh what what musical haven't I heard yet let's go find that soundtrack and listen to it like so it's still there but maybe I'm not the one who's actively producing it Fair enough. So you're like, okay, okay, body, I hear you, but I got to get my fix somewhere else. Exactly. So what kind of music do you listen to, like, on the radio or buying a record or, gosh, I just sounded like I was transported out of the 50s. Um, if you were to <laughs> yeah, download... <laughs> I definitely buy vinyl records because I I just love the feel of them, but... Um, what do I, li I listen to a lot of different things. It depends. I mean, right now, because Stephen Sondheim died last November, um, I've been listening to all of his shows and like listening to the different cast recordings. And I like to sometimes compare how things have changed and Ooh. what modern things are. So right now, I'm my next one in line is his 2022 Assassins recording. Okay. It's an off-Broadway thing. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let's see what else I mean I do a lot of writing and so uh, when I have to do writing I've been listening to a lot of um, artists like Balmaria which is more of a, like a minimalist instrumental type thing and I just let Spotify just go with it I start on Balmaria's album and then it just goes or like Yo-Yo Ma love Yo-Yo Ma so <laughs> listen to him a lot and uh, he does some really cool new things. I appreciate when artists like him who, you know, he was a prodigy at such a young age and you really accomplish what you need, need, quote unquote, to accomplish as a solo artist at such a young age as well as an adult. So then what do you do with the rest of your life? And like, I don't know if you listen to 
some of his like Silk Road ensemble stuff. He, oh, it's amazing. He in in the year two thousand, he brought um, all these musicians from all over the world together as an experiment to see if people from different musical traditions, people Ooh. whose instruments don't usually go together in an ensemble, could actually get together and perform a concert. Cool. It was, yeah, and so, I mean, it went really well um, that first time, and he's like, cool, we did it, not thinking that it would be something that would continue, but then 9-11 happened, and he said, oh. you know, now more than ever, music needs to demonstrate that we can come together across cultures and things like that, so it became this amazing thing, and they have a few albums out, and he just passed on the artistic directorship to another amazing musician, Rhiannon Giddens, who I also really like. Um, <laughs> anyway, I could nerd out about that a lot. But then there's a Canadian ensemble that was inspired by the Silk Road Ensemble. And their their name is Kune. They're based out of Toronto. And, um, and so a few, actually before the pandemic, um, I had them come in and work with my students and stuff. Oh, and, cool. And, so cool and they do really really neat collaborations so highly recommend <laughs> i wrote it i wrote it down because that sounds really neat i i i love music in general so i i like to get new recommendations because my world is pretty limited but i'm always finding new things from other people also yeah. it was nice yeah. to hear that you like records because i do i do too there's like a different consumption of it Mm -hmm. um where you have to you're kind of forced to sit and listen to it yeah you can't just go boop i don't want to listen to that boop exactly exactly and i even like that you have to turn over the record to have that second side and i mean sometimes i'll just listen to the same side over and over and over again like and then after three or four times i'm like okay now i'll <laughs> now it's time yeah <laughs> so do you so what kind of do you have a record player right now that you use yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, oh, goodness. I can't remember what the brand is. But um, I bought it just before the pandemic, and I was like, oh, feel so cool. <laughs> <laughs> they have kind of had a little bit of a resurgence, haven't they? Like they've been they have. Yeah. Kind of hip again. Mm -hmm. um, that's really cool. I thought of like a million things when you were talking, and I didn't write down enough of them. My hand is not... You need to write faster. Um, <laughs> when you said, though, I do lots of writing, can you tell me more about that and what that looks like? Oh, yeah. Um, right now, it's a lot of academic writing, so papers and things like that. I I just, I passed my my proposal uh, defense, so now I, I finished my re research ethics uh, <laughs> protocol. Very exciting stuff, everybody. <laughs> And now I'll be developing the first few chapters of my dissertation <laughs> before okay. doing my data collection in the new year. <laughs> Neat. Okay, so I have an English degree, and mm. I think that I romanticize the music education because I just imagine that you guys were just playing music all the time, but right. you're writing papers as well. Yes. So, like, what kind of... I, I want to know more. I don't know if the people listening will want to know more, but me personally, I want to know what, more about like what that looks like, what kind of stuff you're writing about. You're gathering data as well? Yes, I will be. Yeah. Um, so I guess this can be the pause point if people don't want to hear <laughs> yeah. it. Go get a snack. <laughs> the world of a grad student. So yeah, I uh, when I entered into the program, um, I had initially thought, 
that I would be uh, studying global experiential education and music education. So how, how can we learn about other cultures through music in more authentic ways? And uh, the school that I'm at, I do travel with students to various places and design sort of trips to work on cultural understanding and things like that. But then COVID happened uh, and I had been accepted into the program and I was like, well, I guess I need to change my focus. Um, but I started my coursework and the, one of the first courses I took was uh, the sociology of music education and just how we come to know what we know and the construction of knowledge and, and that kind of a thing. And by the time I finished that course, I was like, I know exactly what I want to write about. And so um, a lot of my papers have been on how music educators have come to be where they are and how COVID really disrupted how we understand music education and how we music, like to use music as a verb, um, to, to music together. And so my dissertation will be looking at the experiences of choral music educators uh, and how they were affected during the pandemic. And so asking my participants eventually um, what, like, what their teaching practice and their programs looked like pre-pandemic, then during those three years being so heavily affected by the pandemic. And then now that we don't have those health and safety restrictions, how this current school year sort of goes for them. And I, I'm focusing on the choral side of things because singing is such a natural thing, just like talking. And then there was that level of fear that was put on singing because it could spread aerosols more quickly and that kind of a thing. And so aside from, you know, having to deliver content online, it's also, okay, you're in person, but you still can't do what you're hired to do how do you keep students engaged? How do you still develop their voices? What things do you notice about yourself that have changed? And yeah, so a lot of my writing so far has just been on um, trying to explain what happened <laughs> in music education during the pandemic and drawing from different sources of people trying to understand the different phases of things and psychologically and sociologically what we've been going through because it all layers into what it was like to teach at the same time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, wow. That's very interesting. So many things that I didn't even think about. And I loved how you said like singing is as natural as talking. I wish that were the case for me. I'm working on it, but that is such a beautiful sentiment. And yeah, there'd be even even now that we're, you know, on the other side, so to speak, there would be echoes of that experience. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm super pumped about it. <laughs> I, I'm pretty excited. I'm like, I'm like, if you publish a book, can you tell me? Because like, I don't know how awkward it would be to ask for your paper, but it sounds really. Oh, cool. It's not awkward at all. I'm happy if anyone wants to read it. <laughs> I, I yeah, I'm I'm super fascinated, very sincerely about that because yeah. we all have our own specific little corners of that experience, right? And mm -hmm. it's, it's multifaceted, and it, yeah, wow, okay. <laughs> Gather yourself, Dallas. Um, so then how do you go about finding people to collect that data from? Is it your community or would you put out an ad in the paper or like, how does that work? 
Yeah, so I um, I'm part of the Ontario Music Educators Association. So a network of, of teachers in Ontario, and I am looking only at Ontario because uh, actually Ontario had the most school closures of all the provinces, don't you know? Um, <laughs> so that was, I found that really interesting. And so I'll, I'll put out like a recruitment email and a recruitment poster to that network. And then um, I teach at an independent school. So I'm also part of like the Canadian Accredited Independent School Association. So I'll put a call out just for the Ontario sort of branch of that and see if anyone is interested. And uh, I'm looking at choral secondary programs just because a, a lot of elementary school classrooms do have singing involved uh, in music, but when students register for a vocal music course, they're expecting a certain thing, and those teachers are you know, typically trained to deliver that, right? So I thought that would be an interesting little slice of the pie to, to focus on. I would, was just thinking too that it might be a form of therapy for people to talk about this. I think so. And yeah. I think that there, well, this might be, you know, I really see the dissertation as just the start of my research. And I think it could be opening up a whole other thing of, of having people just talk about their experiences and reflect. And there's so much that we can learn from what we went through. And if we, I, I firmly believe that if we don't reflect on it, then it's a shame. I think that, that it has a lot of learning potential. Absolutely. We have to make, you know, lemonade out of the lemons yeah. and yeah. find ways to adapt, which is something mm -hmm. I love about human beings in general is, is how good we are when we set our minds to it at pivoting mm -hmm. and then learning from those pivots. Yes. Yes. So, so where do you see it going? Like, I see this twinkle in your eye and this, like, there's something big going on with this whole thing. Where, where do you see it going after, after all of this research and the data and the paper? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Um, I think like it could be cool to do a broader study um, after this would be, I'll become, I'll become a doctor first and then I'll, I'll think of, um, maybe doing a broader study with focus groups or um, I think it would also be interesting to interview students who were students at the time, recollecting on their experiences to get a more fulsome view of that. And yeah, I mean, or I'll be horribly burnt out after writing the dissertation. <laughs> be like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> I'm done with this. That's, we'll check that off the list. I was just thinking too, when you were talking about like cultural understanding and, and trying to apply it to this, thinking about how different cultures would have processed that or, or different curriculums in other countries and, and things like mm -hmm. that. That's fascinating. Absolutely. Um, so then I'll, I'd like to go back to that. When you said you, you traveled with students, I, I think you said for, to help them with cultural understanding. Mm -hmm. um, can you, can you elaborate on that? That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's very cool. Um, so we have a global education department um, at the school. And so they, they have offerings for students to, to go to different places around the world um, over their March break and uh, with, with faculty with them. And so I, I did one to Morocco in 2018 and that wasn't music related at all, but it really opened my eyes to 
the possibilities of of how music could really be a big part of some trips like this. So you do language lessons and often cooking workshops and cool. you're, um, you're, you know, doing sort of shadow days at, at school. So you're getting to know, like the kids are getting to hang out with other kids their age. There's an element of service in there. And, and we also try to, we're really trying to um, think about what that service actually does, like, so that it's not unhelpful and we're not, you know, it's sort of like that the band-aid solution that then the local people in the community just has to undo but you know we feel good about it because oh we came and we helped um so that's uh that's a whole layer that um that we do try to think about but yeah so so that was in 2018 and i got home from that trip i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) i gotta do something with music this is awesome and so i was thinking okay where would there be really rich musical experiences that is completely different from Canada and stuff like that. And I was like, well, maybe Spain. Spain could be really cool because the history with Judaism, Islam, and Christianity all coexisting in in Spain, like, has really influenced the architecture there and the history is so interesting and all this stuff. Anyway, so I, I typed in spain music trip <laughs> and uh this website popped up spain is music hello forever and i was like oh my gosh i reached out to the man who uh owns the company and he his name is pablo and and he got back to me he's like yeah we can definitely make something work and so he drafted up a, an itinerary and I'm like this is awesome I was taking concert band students at the time because that's the ensemble I was working with and then I pitched it to my school and they're like cool go ahead and do that and so we ended up going and we did some collaborative concerts oh. with the high schools in Madrid and took them to um, Valencia for the Las Fias festival where they build these huge constructions like huge art installation made of wood and paper mache and stuff and there are all these like characters sort of like garish or cartoonish sort of characters and they're everywhere in all these neighborhoods in Valencia. And on the last day, they set them all on fire. Oh. It's amazing. <laughs> they blew them up with like firecrackers and stuff. And there's oh, wow. different parts of the day where they just set off firecrackers. And then you see like five-year-old kids running around in the street setting firecrackers <laughs> off. And like, this is incredible, but also <laughs> a <little> dangerous. <laughs> um, yeah, and so that happened in 2019, and uh, and then I'm now I'm taking some kids back, but we're doing a choral um, focus, so we're doing that in December. Now that travel's back, so. And where are you going in December? Uh, back to Spain, back but to different Spain. Areas, different areas this time. Okay, yeah. wow, yeah. that's so cool. What an sure. what, what an experience to have. Like what, what are the ages of the students that you're taking? This time is grade 10 to 12, <gasps> so like 15 to 17. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That's what? powerful. Oh, wow. They're going to oh, – that's so cool. They'll have that forever. <laughs> oh. So what about that trip are you most looking forward to? Ooh. We're going to be performing for a, a whole bunch of different communities this time and in different – spaces like some old churches and I mean and even like I think we're going to be also just performing in the countryside <laughs> but uh I think 
it'll be great to just connect with some of the people that we connected with in 2019. Oh, yeah. um, so we're going back to the same high school in Madrid and just to be like, like, how are you? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> and Pablo has been in touch throughout the pandemic and we've like myself and my colleague and him have been checking in on each other and stuff like that, which is nice. So we'll get to see him again and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm excited for you. That that just sounds yeah. so neat. And and once you, is there more in Spain after December that you're hoping to go to? Or will you go to a new place for the next trip? Well, we'll go to a new place, I think, the next trip. I'm not sure exactly where. Um, there's a, a trip to Senegal that I'm looking at sort of scouting out um, that's more music focused. So we'll see if if that happens. And we have a teacher who is very familiar with Senegal and, and he's one of the French teachers at our school. So he, he led a non-music trip a couple of years ago before the pandemic. And so, um, yeah, that might be something that, that happens again, but with a different focus. Wow. That's so cool. It is yeah. so nice to, to be able to travel and stuff again. It just feels like oh, we're getting back to that place of normality uh, once we're back on an airplane. Oh, that sounds so yes. cool. So uh, we are already getting to that point where my laptop may spontaneously come back. <laughs> um, so I usually, toward the end of the episode, I'd like to give space to the guest to talk about a side hustle or a charity or something that they're particularly passionate about. It could be anything at all. It doesn't have to be theater related or perhaps mm. in your case, music related. It could be anything. Just consider mm. this like a little platform to nerd out about something else if you like. Or you can keep nerding out about music too. I'm cool with that. Yeah, it is going to be music related. Uh <laughs> <laughs> In the last few years, particularly, I've really been reflecting and learning um, about truth and reconciliation. And um, I've been working with a high school in northern Manitoba at Nisichewayasit Cree Nation and doing like virtual vocal lessons and stuff with with uh, a, a, it's just a small group of kids up there. But it has me, you know, really reflecting on my own positionality as a settler and as a white woman and and things like that. And something that I also am focusing on with my dissertation writing is, you know, the racial reckoning and, and everything with the murder of George Floyd in, in 2020. And so I think my, you know, pitch or urging for other people would be to like seek out indigenous and BIPOC theater, music, art, whatever it is. And to continue to learn and try to be better and also just support artists and indigenous and BIPOC excellence. And I don't know if that, like, it's, yeah, I, that's, that's my thing. It's I think. beautiful. Thank you very much for, for all of that. That's an excellent, something we all need to really be aware of and has certainly been to the forefront over the last couple of years. And it's unfortunate that certain things had to happen in order for that mm -hmm. to become more of a focus. But nonetheless, it's here. Do you have any websites or um, places where people can go that you would recommend to to find more Indigenous art? Mm, um, 
Well, yeah. Uh, if you're if you're going on the music side of things, CBC does uh, Reclaimed, and it happens every Wednesday night, and I believe it also re-airs on Sunday afternoon or evening, somewhere in there. And just just to be introduced to more Indigenous artists, and and if you're looking for more theater type stuff, uh, Mervish is doing an off in one of the off Mervish things. They're doing a production of As You Like It in brackets or Land Acknowledgement, which I am going to go see. I've heard amazing things about it. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, or like the work of Corey Payette and. Uh, and he's doing amazing things more at West, but really cool ways to just learn about other people's stories. And I also really love reading. So reading books <laughs> by Indigenous and BIPOC authors and, and just, yeah, taking, taking those opportunities to read about different stories and realize that my experience is not the be all end all and it's very incomplete <laughs> absolutely um i don't know if you saw the twinkle in my eyes when you said that because i'm a librarian so i was like yeah girl mention this book <laughs> i love books <laughs> yay um okay one last question i hope my laptop doesn't explode but i have to what's your favorite book uh oh no that is a really hard question uh, no, i'm sorry baby like a top three um okay well i have to i have to go like pay homage to jr tolkien somewhere in there because i love 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 um lord of the rings so i'll i'll say maybe i'll go return of the king <laughs> that was an action-packed one um and oh god oh you know what's a great one um that that i was like yeah this is really great like yes please by amy poehler oh yes yeah. okay yeah i read that one too. that was a really good <laughs> and it was surprising i'm not usually someone who picks up biographies but it was yeah. it was good okay it was really good awesome okay that was two do you have one more and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cap it at those two for now because I can't narrow it down. It's so hard. It's like choosing my favorite pet. <laughs> I know. I know. It was a super unfair question. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, what would I even say? I'm in my, my office, which is like there's piles of books. Like, what would I pick? It was an unfair question, but you answered it perfectly. Um, Thank you. So thank you so much. This was wonderful. I, I loved hearing you nerd out about so many different things. It was it was really engaging and fascinating and I would take that paper I'm not gonna lie to you I would love to learn more about it um, yeah happy to send you whatever you'd like <laughs> that'd be great um but yeah so thank you so much for for making this time with me today yes thank you for inviting me to be part of this and yeah I, I've had a really good time chatting and now I feel like I'm all ready for my uh I have a meeting with my supervisor at eight so oh <laughs> well perfect that's, that's yeah. wonderful I hope the meeting goes well Thank you. Okay. Well, have a nice evening. Have a nice evening. I hope to meet you in person someday. Yes, uh, I agree. Let's let's put that in the books. We'll get her done Excellent. one day. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Okay, kids, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. My next guest is Troy Zimmer. See you in a couple weeks.